Ryan Gosling brings a knife to a knife fight in the parking lot of a Chinese restaurant. This is spoilers. Hey now. What's up? With a bunch of money on the ground. <laughs> yeah, he just leaves it. <laughs> just leaves the money. Did you like that shadow scene? It was like on the shadows for a while. Why do you think it was on the shadows? Or what's the significance of the shadows? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're Sorry, you me brought the shadows, Josh. Just pointing it out that there were shadows. <laughs> that there were shadows. Yeah, there was also a sun, too. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Titanic when Rose throws the jewel back in the water. It's like, why did you do that? Why did you leave the money there? <laughs> yeah, what was the point of her throwing the, ro- uh, throwing the diamond? That's, that's a podcast for a different day. Lowly James Cameron, thinking his audience is super dumb like Steven Spielberg nowadays. But that's neither here nor there. Because tonight, we are talking about the 2011 classic, Drive. I am your host, Stevie. I am recording from Elkhart, Indiana, house-sitting for family members right now and their dog and loving it. Uh, Who else we got? Pappy, what's up? Hey, this is Pappy. I'm recording from Denver, Colorado, in my apartment. Just mine. Uh, with my cat. Uh, Don't mean to but, interrupt you, though. I was also going to throw this out there. I want ahead. you to name your favorite Ryan Gosling movie. Or the movie that got you to be like, wow, he's pretty cool. I'll go off the board, uh, not to take a good one early. I'll go La La Land, actually. Because nice. he... In a movie where like they don't have the best singing and dancing, like he really holds his own, <laughs> and like his character is like the most interesting in that movie for me. So I'll go La La Land. Very cool, Josh. What's up? Hey, this is Josh recording out of Goshen tonight. Um, good to hear that you're not having those allergies to the dog. I have pretty bad dog allergies, so it didn't affect you this time, huh? You don't have a dog, or dog allergies. <laughs> Oh. All right. No, no, no. I do have huh? really bad dog allergies, but no do dog. Do you have a dog? No. I thought you had a dog. Edit <laughs> <laughs> point. Anyway, uh, <laughs> glad to hear you're not suffering from allergies like last time, Stevie. It was a fever, but yes, I'm happy as well. My favorite, Ryan Gosling. I'm going to go way back off the board, and uh, I would say maybe his Mickey Mouse Club performances, but he was also on Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps, which were kind of my Holy jams shit. back in the day. So uh, he's he's like deep in our blood, guys. He's deep in like the he's culture. He's been a big part of our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a murderer's row of <laughs> late 70s programming or however old you are. I don't know. <laughs> Midnight. Mid nineties, but yeah, mid-90s. close. Yeah. You're really bad with seventies and nineties, actually. <laughs> Money, Mike, what's up? What's going on? Uh, recording out of Elkhart, Indiana. Um, besides Drive, uh, I really like. Uh, I think it's called Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, uh, he's he's really funny in that movie. Um, uh, where he's like teaching Steve Carell to be cool and date women uh he's hilarious in that movie i really like it a lot tough task what about you stevie tough task oh man um well it's kind of weird i remember him from remember the titans which is like his first movie oh yeah he was in that sunshine and then when he was in the notebook yeah i like the notebook frick off don't you think he captured the nation's heart at that point not just stevie's oh yeah 
women or actually just teenage girls everywhere just lost it for him. But um, my favorite movie of his is probably La La Land. Oh. You know I love La La Land, Pab. I know you're too. Well, I'm going to switch mine to the nice guys then. Underrated. Ooh, that is a good oh, one. Oh, man, that's, that's a good one, love. too. That's yeah. a good one. But no, La La Land's great. Well, um, as a servant talking about Drive tonight, uh, me and Pappy were talking about this earlier. We think uh, this movie has a fantastic intro. Um, I'll swing it to you, Pappy, then. What do you like about this intro so much? I honestly think it's, if not the best, greatest opening set piece of all time, it's one of them. Um, it's the kind of opening set piece that a lot of movies will have where it doesn't technically connect to the rest of the story. Like think like uh, uh, Temple of Doom, um, even kind of like Empire. All the stuff on uh, Hoth doesn't really tie into the story. It's more of just kind of like an opening adventure. But yeah, uh, the first time I saw it, I didn't like. I, I was aware of like the Clippers game going on, but the way the whole scene comes together and the way that it's so tense, like every time he's it's more tense when he's sitting than when he's driving like every part of that scene is awesome Josh was this your first time seeing it did it blow you away this is the first time I've seen this movie but I've actually seen that scene in full before I didn't know it was the opening scene but it had just come up on YouTube suggested videos for me too often like awesome scene from Drive so I finally just clicked it and a lot of times I like click through those sort of things but that had me gripped then and like this time watching as well that's a really cool scene um we like to talk about the nba a lot too because we're uh out of indiana but did you did you guys all or mikey did you catch that it was like a clippers game and like at what point did you notice like he's trying to time that all up uh well he keeps like nervously checking his uh his radio or whatever throughout the whole car chase scene and he's uh he finally uh drives by staple center uh, just as soon as like the buzzer goes off mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, the guy on the radio announces that the Clippers won or lost. I don't remember. But, they uh, win, but not just that. He like name drops Blake Griffin too. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, <laughs> Glenn Baby Davis. Yeah, it's such a fucking flashback to like early two thousands. Yeah, basketball. I wonder if Blake Griffin even realizes that he's mentioned in this movie because I thought that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, but the Clippers win, and then. Uh, as they win, he's pulling into the parking lot, and of course, all of the fans are coming out. So he just like incognito sneaks away amongst everybody in the crowd. It's like a great. It's like as soon as you realize what he's doing, you realize that he's planned out this whole thing, and he's just really good at his, what he does. Mm-hmm. He's like a master getaway driver. It just sets the stage so well, too, because this movie is L.A. as fuck, and, like, everything in the opening scene is super L.A., like, the highways, the clippers, like, everything, like... The neon pink credits. Exactly, yeah. Oh, dude, and the the music, too? Like, as soon as that opening scene ends, like, Night Driver comes on. (laughs) The title sequence comes up. That's so badass. I get goosebumps every time. Every single time. I do like how this movie starts off with kind of like a middle adventure, like you guys says. It just kind of drops you into something that's happening current, but it has nothing to do with the story. But it does kind of tie in because it gives some clues about his beginning, his character, and then I think 
actually one of the guys that he helps get away approaches him at like a greasy spoon restaurant a little later in the film yeah he does mm-hmm. and um christ i had a question lined up and then josh interrupted but mike no, go well, you ahead see with I, your yeah. thoughts sorry i interrupted you you see irene too like in the elevator like when he's going up to his apartment uh, and it's like the same mm-hmm. shot as later in the movie like right after he smashes that dude's head in like a pumpkin like the of the elevator door closing with her so but i, I have wasn't a question for you guys go ahead. Go, um I know it's not, I know he's extremely quiet in this movie. Is there any inkling in your guys' head that he's a little Forrest Gumpy? I've, he's got to be on the spectrum, right? <laughs> I've gone on like IMDb before they took down the forums and like tried to find out what his deal was. Everybody thinks he's like autistic or something, which just like a, a savant. Yeah, like he's a he's just off, but. I don't know. I think that's kind of reaching. He's definitely weird because he doesn't hardly ever talk throughout the movie and he's hyper violent. So, well, maybe. I, I was telling, I was talking to Stevie about this too before the podcast. Who did I see? And Stevie said, no, IMDb. Who directed this? Like, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. I think he was like a big, uh, uh, Road Warrior fan. Our first episode, don't listen to it. It really sucks. But, uh, <laughs> like, uh, the driver in this movie is basically Mad Max, like very quiet, um, but also kind, like willing to help uh, things around him and drives a car. Like I think there's a big Mad Max influence going on, like Mad Max meets L.A. and modern times and gangster shit. Well, there's a couple of really big clues in the movie that say he's not normal. One is when Brian Cranston calls him out on normally dudes get m- mixed up with other people's women. They don't get mixed up in paying helping the husband get right with their family. <laughs> and I, I do think every time someone talks to him in the movie, he's got kind of this delay before he kind of responds. Like he's taking things in a little differently. Um, and then also just, ha- it may explain like how good he is at driving. Like there can be kind of like a savant sort of side to the autism. And yeah. maybe that's kind of part of it. Could be. Did, okay, just, did anybody else, the first time you see this, do you, like, right after that opening sequence and you see him in a cop uniform, were you like, oh, shit, he's a cop? And then you're like, oh, wait, it's a movie set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that. Notes. I distinctly remember being tricked like that. Pappy, I have in my notes, cop reveal, and then that's scratched out and it says, actor reveal. <laughs> <laughs> that little scene is great because Brian Cranston is like, trying to get him to do a, a, another dangerous stunt that wasn't really planned for that day. And he's like, of course, I got you an extra 500 bucks, but we will be splitting that evenly. <laughs> and he's just like, Ryan Gosling is just like drinking his coffee, just nodding. It's like, he doesn't even care. He's <laughs> he's so good at his job. He's just like, fine, whatever. So does, I've always kind of wondered this, they never explicitly state it, but does Shannon, Brian Cranston's character, know about his moonlighting? Well, he provides him with a car. Right. So, I think he's the one that sets up the jobs mm-hmm. for. Uh, okay. Yeah, Ryan. I always kind of got the idea that he was the one who got him into it because he has that one line where he's like, "My actual garage made thirty thousand dollars all of last year." So yeah, he's he's in deep. I think. I gotcha. But after this stunning intro of sorts, there is quite a lull period. Uh, when I first saw the trailer to this movie, I thought it was going to be 
kind of like a shoot 'em up actioner. And boy, is this movie not, which is also a good thing. Um, there's a slow period of building the relationships between uh, Ryan Gosling, Shannon, Irene, and Benicio. Um, did this was this kind of jarring for you guys, or did you guys like appreciate how it slowed down and kind of developed the characters more? Well, I mean, coming off of that first scene, it's such a great setup, uh, and then it comes to like a really grinding halt in terms of action wise. But it's, it's doesn't mean it's not entertaining, um, right? It's just uh, you're just. I was on like, Reddit today, and I always people are always just like after the first ten minutes, this movie gets really boring, which I don't agree with. <laughs> no, I I love it because like you have that scene in the grocery store, and maybe that's kind of. To your point, Josh, he's a little off because then he sees Irene again, or yeah, for like the second time after the elevator, and he like goes into a different aisle, like just to completely avoid her. Um, but then he's out at his car, and there's this like super sweet shot that's like kind of rotates halfway around his body, and he's putting his groceries on his car, and it's like you can tell he's like trying to decide if he's gonna help her or not, and like basically that decision. <laughs> leads to everything that's about to happen in the movie but my favorite (laughs) cut of the whole whole film is like from him walking over to her i don't even think he says anything and just smash cuts to them in the elevator and the little kid is just staring at ryan (laughs) (laughs) gosling it's so perfect yeah that little kid kid is pretty hilarious throughout the whole movie i thought that was kind of a cool line where they're uh watching the tv and he's like is that the bad guy or the good guy and the kid's like duh it's a shark it's the bad guy and ryan gosling's like there's no good sharks (laughs) (laughs) want a toothpick (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing like ryan gosling um i don't want to say this as like it's bad but if he's autistic he's also like super smooth like good with the kid and then also that move in the elevator where he's like goes from making out with the chick to bashing that guy's head in and like the smoothest move of all time i mean he's got some skills mm-hmm. that's all i'm saying i mean yeah it's i guess that's kind of why i don't think that he's got any kind of like special needs other than maybe some like social anxiety or something but like that's he's just thought, yeah he's just too cool and like i feel like the character driver like i mean he doesn't even have a name like he's not really the movie's grounded in reality but he's kind of like a superhero in a lot of ways like just super cool yeah yeah he stomped a guy's head into mush which was awesome to watch for the first time (laughs) um i haven't seen the head cave in like that since pan's labyrinth bottle scene you (laughs) nice But, um, yeah, Irene, uh, Carrie Mulligan's character, and uh, the driver start to fall in love. You think everything's going smoothly. And then her degenerate husband shows up out of nowhere. They throw a big party for him. Poe Dameron. (laughs) Yeah, how did he fall so far from being in Drive to being in The Last Jedi? (laughs) I love Oscar Isaac, though. This is, like, this is 2011. He's kind of coming up. This is, like, before... Ewan Davis. Machina, beside, before Lewin Davis. Yeah, he's and his part's pretty small, too. He's only in the movie for like 10 minutes of screen time, maybe 15. 
Well, there's a deleted scene where when the Russians first pull him out, you know how they like beat him up and bloody him up. But before that, they have like his head covered and they pull the cover off and he's like, who talks first? I talk first. You talk first. And they're like, where is it? Shut up. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. I was like captivated there for a second. So was I. I was like, what? It's like, how did he find that scene? You just like, uh, and then uh, mankind threw what's his <laughs> face off of, <laughs> off of the uh, cage. Off of the cell. Yeah. yeah. Undertaker fighting back. He's fighting back. They're right above us, folks. And I don't walk it a damn bit. Oh, my God. I do like how this movie isn't by the numbers, though, for the fact that when I was first watching this, I thought there was going to be a lot of tension throughout the whole movie between Stander, Oscar Isaac, and the driver. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, okay, so this is where the movie's going to go. It's kind of pitted against those two. This guy's been telling me a lot about you. Says you've been uh, coming around helping out a lot. Yeah, helping out. Is that right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. And like Josh said, he ends up getting beat up by some Albanians. And he owed some protection money from prison while he was in there. And that's this is what kind of kicks off the whole movie, really, is a uh, very job-gone-wrong uh, situation. They go to rob a pawn shop. And Mikey, who's that woman that plays the redhead? Uh, Christina Hendricks. Her boobs uh, are massive. (laughs) There's no hiding those things, just massive bags. (laughs) Sorry. She's known for. It really is. I didn't know we had Brett on the pod tonight. I thought he didn't watch it in time. Her whole (laughs) thing is confusing. Like, I mean, like, I, I think I understand it now because. So, okay, can we. Here's my. What I think happened. So, it was a hit gone wrong. The guy Oscar Isaac owed money to happened to be Ron Perlman, right? Or no, it was Ron um, Perlman's money they stole. It was... No, Ron Perlman was trying to steal that money after they had already robbed it. Right, it was Ryan an inside job. To... Like, they were in the Cadillac thing, or the right? Yeah. yeah. That Chrysler 300 or whatever it was. Which, how was that keeping up with the Mustang? So easily. It's actually faster than the Mustang. Is that real? Maybe it's souped up. It could have been know. souped up. But as but okay. as we said, it, oh, go ahead. But why do they shoot Christina Hendricks's head in? Like in what? slow motion. <laughs> I that's the part that like confused me on the first watching. Maybe there's a text that said get down or something. I I just didn't understand. I think why he, they, they were her. I think it was kind of like a witnesses thing. Mm. Like yeah, I, think I think she were, was collateral think, damage, right? I think they were all supposed to die. I think that's kind of like they weren't just supposed to get held up; they were all supposed to die. So he was uh, uh, cliffhangering slash dark knighting them, and was going to pick them off one by one. All the accomplices. I think right. maybe they were just going to hold them up for the money on the highway, but since and then that, just shoot uh, him. 
well, maybe not, because maybe it was like the business owner, the pawn shop kind of went rogue. And once one of them was dead, they knew the whole thing would get blown open if there are any witnesses. I'm just speculating. There's- it is kind of a confusing double cross, though, because I had to imagine what happened was, I mean, that guy Cook, who's that greasy pimp strip club manager dude, um, obviously knows Nino, he works for him. And I have to imagine that they were texting Christina Hendricks's character, Blanche, asking, where are you guys? Yeah, and she answered. Like, we're coming to get you. And she answered. And that's what maybe what Ryan Gosling was looking at. But that's what really kicks off this movie, because he takes a shower rod and stabs a dude in the neck. A shard of glass, right? Was it glass? I thought it was a shower rod. It was a curtain rod or whatever. Oh, okay. It was definitely a rod of some sorts. And there's definitely some shades of Evil Dead when he comes out of the shower with blood all over his face. He's got like an ash <laughs> oh, look man. to him right there. He, he never cleans it off. He just stares at, the ca- stares at the camera. Yeah. That whole scene is so awesome. I love that scene. Christina <laughs> Hendricks' head just blows the fuck up. It's great. It's a great scene. Like there's no separating her red hair and the blood that is flying oh, on these walls. gosh. <laughs> it's pretty and awesome. And then... Yeah, I mean, it's all like a very smooth slow motion, too. Uh, Ryan Gosling goes... Yeah, he throws a mattress at the door for some peculiar reason or just trying to cover himself and ends up getting like buck, like buckshot or shotgun uh, shells. So the door's hard to open. It's hard to open the door with the mattress up against it. This is also true. And he goes in the bathroom, punches a dude with severe strength and takes a shower rod and stabs him (laughs) through the neck. Severe strength. <laughs> Severe, I mean, with great strength does this happen. And then he they, uh, grabs also his they, shotgun. They don't show it, but you have to imagine that he's just getting sprayed in the face nonstop by this blood, blood spurting out of this dude's <laughs> neck. All over his sick scorpion jacket. I do love that jacket. So then, then he takes he, the, I think it's the shotgun from from Fortnite based on how powerful it is. Because it's definitely a one-shot kill. Don't know yeah, then he that. shoots the dude that was coming through the front door. <laughs> and From he just shakes and says nothing. <laughs> yeah, seriously snipes him with a <laughs> sniper shotgun shot, no scope. <laughs> okay, but that's the thing. is like You were saying like that the movie kind of goes into this lull when they're driving through like the L.A. River or like real human beings playing. But <laughs> because it lulls you into kind of like that, like more melancholy parts like the violence really pops like it really stands out like if it was 90 yeah. minutes of that kind of violence this film would not work at all i i agree pap uh when she gets shot in the head it's like super hyper violent and it comes out of nowhere because there's like no there's no mention of those guys coming to get uh the driver and blanche and it all just kind of like kicks off right there um and this guy who directs this movie? All of his movies are like super hyper violent. So it's like does it remind you of him. David Fincher with maybe Fight Club or like Zodiac with like super gritty, real looking violence? Well, a lot of he, the blood was added in in post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this I, is the guy that uh, has made that movie Bronson with Tom Hardy 
and uh, Only God Forgives, which is another Ryan Gosling movie, which is also yeah. like, hyper violent. You don't like that movie, Stevie? No, it made no sense. Mikey, do you like that movie? Yeah, it's awesome. Why? Because it's like, like this movie, it's super stylized. Like everything... Yeah, but this movie had a plot. Well, so does the other one. I mean... Basura. Basura. It's... Uh, the way this guy directs, everything he does is like super stylized and it's all in his own kind of like vision. So it's, you know, yeah. it's his movie. But I think it looks great and he definitely gets violence right and stuff like that. Uh, Only God Forgives might be a little more confusing for sure. But uh, it's still yeah, it's not it's a like a really great looking movie. But um, they've been double crossed. And Ryan Gosling seeks out Cook, who uh, pretty much set the whole operation up for him, and walks into a strip club with a hammer and beats the living tar out of this dude's hand until he gives up that he eventually reveals that Nino is the one that was going to double cross him. What did you guys think of Ron Perlman's performance in this? Nino? I think Am I the awesome. only one that thought it was so weird? He's over the top, but it's awesome. Now this, that is one motherfucking fine-ass pussy-mobile motherfucker. There. I love it. I can't say anything bad about him. One fucking motherfucker. What's he saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's one fine pussy-mobile motherfucker or something like that. Yeah, Brian Cranston's just telling him how ugly he is, basically. He's like, he couldn't find pussy if he was in a whorehouse. Speaking of Cook, every time <laughs> Brian Cranston talked about that character, hearing Brian Cranston say, Cook, I immediately thought of Breaking Bad. <laughs> like, it was so distracting. <laughs> uh, speaking of Ron Perlman, before we get off him, though, big shout out to Andy FX, Instagram follower. He is like a super fan of Ron Perlman. Like half of the things he posts are all Ron Perlman related. But Josh, are you a super fan of Ron Perlman in this movie? Well, you know what I was going to say about him? I think what was interesting was he, him and Albert, mm-hmm. Albert Brooks are kind of like the two bosses and Ron Perlman, like you guys are mentioning, he's just like flying off the handle, dropping F bombs. And then you find out he's like the hidden boss. But really at the end, it comes out that Albert Brooks is like the real, the real human being. You could say icky one, I guess you could put it like the with the really, the real dark side. <laughs> yeah, the way, the way he murders some people is pretty ridiculous. Well, that's knives, all not yeah. those medieval looking knives. Switchblade guy. Albert Brooks is talking to the driver, like right after he agrees to finance like this the side plot of race cars, which I don't. <laughs> that that lasted might about five minutes. Could have. That might be something that could have been trimmed from this film, but I don't care. I still fucking love it. But yeah, so he's talking to him about that, but he's telling him this story of how like Ron Perlman broke Brian Cranston's hip one time. He's like, so that's the guy I got to watch out for. And then he walks away and like, it just closes yeah. up on driver's face and driver's like, no, this is the dude. Like the <laughs> fact that he even just told me that story means he's the dude. You think he caught that at that point? I didn't. I, yeah. that. I think he did. I, I don't know it's because there's like, like a I don't know it's hard to tell he has the same fucking face all the time I guess but never mind <laughs> I thought Albert Brooks was brilliant yeah like Albert- his performance is awesome because even though he's a terrifying villain I th- I think like there's something somewhat likable about him if that makes sense 
I think he honestly was pumped about supporting a race car team. He mentions that like three times. I was so pumped to race cars. <laughs> I could have seen it. My name right there in lights. But since no one's made a go at this, since no one's bringing it up, I think the most haunting murder is definitely Albert Brooks's murder on the crippled Brian Cranston. Um, it's, uh, it's really sickening and like cold. It's so cold. I thought it was humane. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. That's it. It's done. There's no pain. It's over. It's over. It's okay. It's okay. It's kind of it's like uh, Saving Private Ryan, where he like buries that that uh, knife in the Jew's chest, right? It's kind so of you're like confusing Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Oh no, the other Jew movie. Oh. <laughs> you <those> bastards. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you guys not remember that part? In the no, building and the I translator remember. is like hiding in the stairwell. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, but you're really frustrating me and our dozens of audience members right now by pretending <laughs> that, so. but I thought I mean I thought he actually liked Shannon and that's why he did it the way he did I mean he stabbed Cook in the neck a solid eight times I think he just did it at the arm so there wouldn't be a ton of pain that would happen quick because he actually liked him. How much do you love what he does with the knife? Like when he did, he just washes it off and puts it in his box of other knives. Oh, dude, he's got to use antiseptic on that. You don't know what's hanging around. <laughs> he just uses, he puts the dish soap that he uses for his food directly on the blade <laughs> and just like scrapes it around and then scrapes it off on the faucet. Didn't the dateline in me was like, there's blood traces all over that sink. Yeah, that's what like I was Like, they can forensically find all that stuff <laughs> real quick. His kitchen would probably look like a Jackson Pollock painting if he threw up a UV ray on <laughs> When he stabs Cook to death, is there a little moment where he's, like, silently asking Ron Perlman if it's okay? And Ron Perlman's like, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really weird and kind of funny, actually. Are you talking about how well, you kind for- of gave him the nod? Yeah, like, I guess you can kill him. <laughs> Apparently that nod meant, yeah, stick a fork in his fucking eye. <laughs> it's like the little sign. <laughs> yeah, you can tell uh, he definitely did not like Cook at all. But as we keep moving forward through this movie, uh, Ryan Gosling goes after Ron Perlman's character, Nino, as he's celebrating and getting hammered with hookers in his pizzeria. Is there ever a moment where his pizzeria is actually open? Can I please set the scene for this please, one? Because it's Pappy, one of my favorite. Oh, um, my dude, favorite shot is here too. But go ahead, Bab. Yeah. It, it, no, uh, was your favorite shot the Goodwill billboard? No. Shot? No. Okay. I noticed that <laughs> so for the, the first time. This. This. Uh, go ahead, Bab. No, that, that's what I wrote in my first letterbox review. I think maybe that I ever wrote was on Drive. I wrote, "Remember Goodwill for all of your Halloween needs," because it just stuck. <laughs> it sticks out so much in my mind. Like, this movie is so well. Like the location scouting in this movie is so great. Like the fact that they find some little creek in LA and like the way they use like the different parts of the city. But like, you know, they pick that billboard on purpose and it's so big. And like walking back and forth between his car 
and the restaurant like there's at least three shots of it and it just it's so silly and goofy and like, <laughs> distracting but that's the director's that's the director's way to give back to the community give the give that goodwill a shout I, out I, I guess but it's also funny too because it's like ryan gosling's got a mask on and the, the billboards for masks so it's kind of like it kind of works on a couple different levels but he looks in the window and ron perlman is just like busting a gut <laughs> laughing and right next to him is this woman who is just not laughing at all and he's like clearly laughing at her clearly <laughs> a, she's a stripper pissed. or a prostitute or something just not having any of his joke at all in slow motion Perlman just doubled over cracking up at her all of this while opera music plays but where was your favorite shot in there Josh it's the one you actually breeze by when he's looking in the window it, it kind of like a slow reveal from the top of his brow down to his nose with that somewhat realistic looking mask he has on. It's just so... Oh, the stunt driver mask? Yeah, it's just so like startling because the inside is like this high-end party with hookers and gangsters and through the windows just like Mike Myers waiting. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I took a picture of it for Instagram. How did nobody notice him in the window because he looks like a freak they were all laughing on. at Nino's joke <laughs> at about the prostitute about the, apparently <laughs> at the prostitute's expense like if he would have been seen did he have something on him to just like bust in there and start hammering people's hands or yeah because he doesn't carry a gun I mean I don't He'd know figure it out he's a driver he'd stick toothpicks in their eyes <laughs> exactly but um, as this, uh, Ryan Gosling tracks down uh, the driver tracks down Nino and rams his car off of a cliff how do you think he killed Nino in the ocean as like Nino's trying to run away like after he gets like thrown from that cliff do you think he just drowns him or just beats him to death I thought he drowned him but probably like a slow drowning based on how much of his time he was taking walking down there kept bringing him up after he was almost at his last breath <laughs> fed him to a shark what is dead may never die but rises well that's the only thing that can account for Ron Perlman's escape strategies that he's fucking wasted because he just like kind of jumps out into the waves I don't know what he's how he's gonna escape the driver at that point or what he's thinking but it made it real easy for a driver to catch him and drown him. After this, um, the driver makes a call to Bernie, Albert Brooks's character. I had never heard of the story of the scorpion and the frog before this movie. Had you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah. I had not. But throughout this whole movie... Well, just, do you want to give us a rundown on the story? Yeah. I don't know it that well. I didn't know it before this movie. You tell us, Pap. I don't really know. It's like, what is like, there's frogs giving a ride to the scorpion? Yeah, and then he stabs him with a stinger before they get over, and he asks him why he does that, and the scorpion says, because it's in my nature. That's in other movies too, right? Is it? The end scene where both of them, I don't know who's a scorpion and who's the frog, but when Ryan Gosling and and Albert Brooks are like in the diner. Albert Brooks is obviously the scorpion. They could both leave but they choose to take a walk out to the car where they know they both know something's going down there and uh, they well the crazy okay. thing is after 
Brian Cranston's character is killed, Ryan Gosling picks up the money, which is like right above Brian Cranston's head. So Albert Brooks could have, if he spent five minutes looking for any money, he would have found it in the trunk of that car. And <laughs> the movie would have been over. Because throughout the whole movie, the driver is just trying to get rid of this money. He doesn't want it at all. He's just trying to get out. But he's so naive. So, it's so kind I, of frustrating. He's like, I'll give you back the money and it's all good, right? I, I think he knew he was going to take a blow. That's why he had that knife on him. I don't think he was too worried about himself either. I think he was just uh, trying to get the family, that family out of it. Well, at that point, no, yeah. but that was like the fourth time he had tried to give the money back. Like, at what point does he stop? And I, I just think that was a bad idea in the first place, I guess, the first time he tried to give it back. He was just worried about Irene, Josh, and little Benicio. Well, I... Th- so the story of the scorpion and the frog has been in The Crying Game, Natural Born Killers, Drive, and an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Just from this one site. Yeah, so it's been around. Wait, you said it's been in Natural Born Killers? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Yeah, do I. It's a crazy, crazy movie. Poe Dameron is. should have already taught him the lesson that there's no really getting out from these guys' thumb once you're under. So I really don't understand... I think that's probably my biggest problem with the movie is not only Ryan Gosling's trying to give the money back, but how he's set up as such a meticulous planner. But then like there's things he does that just defy explanation. And even Ron Perlman calls him out at one point, like you're not very good at this Aria boy. And he's really not. He's really not. I think he's like super optimistic. Uh, He tries to find, the optimistic side of everybody, I guess, because he even helps out Oscar Isaac after he's clearly been uh, running around with the wrong people. So, and Oscar Isaac and calls him his friend after he agrees to help him. So I think he's and that's why his name's Driver and not Negotiator. <laughs> not what he's good at. <laughs> but they uh, meet at a Chinese restaurant, agree to hand over the money. That's when Albert Brooks just goes full on Albert Brooks, takes out a knife and stabs the driver in the tummy, and the tummy busts out a knife of his own. Did he pick that up at the Chinese restaurant, or did he just bring that? I assume that was one from home. He's got enough. I don't know. It's kind of like the new Donald Glover music video where the guns just come out of nowhere. He just kind of (laughs) pulls it out. He's got it. And he stabs Albert Brooks's character to death. This is America. <laughs> and he just sits in his car for quite some time. Did you guys think Driver was dead? Eyes open, never blinking. <laughs> I did the first time I saw it. Just with those beautiful gasling eyes wide open, dead. Just staring out with his his white boots covered in blood. He wakes up after minutes of just I imagine bleeding out from his intestines. And drives off with leaving Albert Brooks and the money in the parking lot, and that's how it ends. Would any of you guys want to see a sequel? I have to imagine uh, Ryan Gosling has great health coverage to just leave (laughs) all that money in the parking lot. Just totally not concerned about his tummy. Can you imagine Shannon, Brian Cranston's healthcare plans? <laughs> They're probably so cheap and so shady. <laughs> right. Why a veterinarian picking, up, picking the bullets need, yeah. out? Oh, there is that scene where he picks the bullets out, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's probably a vet. Did you say something about a sequel? What'd you say, Stevie? Yeah. A sequel? Yeah, but didn't you guys want to see a sequel to this movie, even though the director said it's never going to happen? Well, have you heard that, like, uh, have you seen The Place Beyond the Pines that's supposed to be, like, a pseudo-sequel? Or just, like, people have thought, because... I love he, that movie. Ryan, Ryan Gosling plays a similar character. A really good uh, driver, except he drives a motorcycle in that movie. And he robs banks. Yeah, and he robs banks. That movie's great if you want to... That is sequel, a fantastic unofficial, movie. Unofficial sequel. They should do like a like a star pull a Star Wars and do a young driver, a story of a young driver, Ugh. and do before. <laughs> Please no. Because <laughs> I I God. do wonder like they kind of left that mystery pretty wide open. Like he just showed up at Brian Cranston's shop one day, and you don't really know if he already has a dark past. I think you have to assume he got his skills somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was telling. Stevie earlier I like the idea of like keeping it like Mad Max if you did do a sequel and make it this kind of like serialized Different yeah where stories. the stories really don't connect too much other than like the main character like yeah just put Driver in like Vegas now for some reason he's there <laughs> and like give him a dog or something you know what I mean have maybe he's an Uber driver and shit goes down I don't know there's so much to do sequel it would cheapen it it would cheapen it and you know it but that but okay but like fear now that all yeah. these cars drive themselves these guys can just get away <laughs> driving a Tesla. yeah really his job's getting taken by machines <laughs> fury road doesn't cheapen the road warrior even though there's like the thunderdome in between you know what i mean like people just focus on the good ones <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you guys have any last thoughts before we get into yes or no's? I have one. I wanted to mention oh, the smack. Oh, mine's really quick, Bab. I just wanted to mention the smack in the hallway. Um, that was like the most stereotypical Hollywood Foley smack I've ever heard, and I really appreciated it. It's well, well met. <laughs> that was a good final thought or a good point. Uh, my, I have a question, and I want to step thought. away and let you guys see what you guys think but i was looking at like what the negative reviews are especially on letterbox because i gave this like five stars i think this is like a perfect movie so i was curious to what the people who don't like it say and steve you kind of talked about it. either one it's boring or the se- yeah or the I second criticism it. i see a lot is is that the women in this movie are treated pretty shittily like irene is really really dumb and not helpful and kind of damsel in distress and Ryan Gosling basically kind of just beats the shit out of Blanche, who may or may not have even been in on it in the first place. So, I I, I don't really. I mean, it's not enough to bother That's me. That's why they gave it a bad r- I mean, rating. I don't I, think Irene's dumb. That's by what any people's means. complaints were. And, I mean, she kind of falls for Oscar Isaac's trick when he says he was beat up by drunk kids. Maybe she believes it. Maybe she doesn't. But I don't know. I just want to know what you guys think. I think she was just put in a tough situation. I don't think that she was dumb or naive. I think she's just trying to make the best of what's happening around her. Because you think yeah. about it, she, I think she probably got pregnant by Stander when she was 17 or 18 and probably married him while she was pregnant and then didn't have the greatest life and he went to prison. And it's just her trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Why do you think she didn't go with Ryan Gosling then at the end? Ryan Gosling had to leave. Yeah, he, he to, left her. He, he, left he her. said that he we could take the He's, money. Yeah. Yeah. He's, no, he said you could. He no, he, say, he said I would go and look after you. Yeah, he does say that. 
Mm. But I mean, I think that's kind of she's just kind of shocked at that point. And the way Ryan Gosling handles it in that scene isn't the most deft way. He's like, "By the way, I helped with the robbery." Also, she sees. <laughs> Do you him want this money? Bash a dude's head in an elevator. Yeah, the, it does come kind of fresh off the head bashing with a foot thing. That's a great first kiss moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> first kiss, and then the straight up murder of a, of a man. Give her one; she'll never forget. Two feet away from you. <laughs> yeah, but Josh, what are you? But like people said that too in Letterbox Path that well, this movie was boring. I want to hear parts. what Josh thinks about the feminist lens aspect. I don't want him to dodge the question that easily. I'll say something about that after Josh. No, you can go ahead, Mike. Well, I just think it's ridiculous to assume that these women are weak or incapable of I don't know progressing the plot or whatever on their own. It's just those are just the characters that were written. Uh, Blanche obviously crosses him, so she's going to get abused, and she works with terrible people in the first place. It's not like she's in any sort of position to demand respect from these men in the first place. And the whole thing about Irene being dumb, I think, is a little overblown. She's obviously just a single mom trying to make the best of a situation, like Stevie said. I don't, I don't think there's any any maliciousness in the way that they're written on purpose. I don't think it's any sort of dig against it's women. It's like this is a Scorsese yeah. movie. No, it's not that bad. And I, yeah, I mean, Christina Hendricks is dumb, but so is Cook or whatever his name is. And I think, I think Irene is probably... These are, these are all just seedy people anyways. Yeah. Like they don't have... All those people are. Great morals. But I think yeah. like between Brian Cranston, I mean not even him, because like Pappy said, he's definitely in on it. I think Irene's the only one that's really living like an upstanding life and like trying to do right. Um maybe the driver is in his weird way, but he too has chosen a life of crime. So she, like Stevie said, there's no better way to put it. She's like put in a bad place and she's a working mom doing the best she can. I think that's a hero in her own right. So anyone calling it anti-feminism she's a real human yeah being. a real human being no i'm totally with you and like she has that <laughs> does not she has this great line I forget it <laughs> country cover country she, cover she, well she says something like ryan gosling's like joking like i was about to call the cops and she goes i wish she would like that like rips your heart out like that's really good acting and it shows a lot on her part i'm with you guys i don't think there's anything malicious or that's a fair even criticism of this movie i think she was sad that stander got out of prison mm-hmm I just think it's crazy that people like anytime a a woman isn't a fucking superhero now in a movie it's just oh she was this is obviously anti-feminist view towards women it's like no that's just the character like you don't have movies unless there's conflict you obviously need conflict these women are in conflict Ryan Gosling is not the greatest person so he will abuse these women if it has to come to that it's like he's just trying to stay he alive he pimp slapped the hell out of Christina Hendricks she might not be a good driver but she is good at raising a kid which I think we could all realize is maybe a little more important in life so no, she's the real hero driving's more important than raising a kid but <laughs> let's get into yes or no's <laughs> I, we will start with Mikey you saw this before anybody you saw this in theaters didn't you Oh yeah, I saw Let's this. Start with you. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. I think uh, you really did a disservice to yourself if you didn't watch it in theaters, because really fun to watch in a theater. Um, I love everything about this movie. I love 
the cinematography, the music is great, which I don't think we talked about enough, but this whole album, if you've ever listened to it, is great front to back. Um, even like even the costume design, Ryan Gosling looks cool as fuck in this movie. Everything he's wearing, I want to own. <laughs> you could not pull um, it off, Mikey. Sorry, bud. None of us could. could. <laughs> Maybe Mikey uh, could. But I, I think uh, everybody that was casting it is great. Albert Brooks seems like a weird choice for a mob boss until you actually see him slice up uh, Brian Cranston's arm. That's a pretty terrifying scene. Um, I love it. I'd give this a uh, super rock hard... Viggo Mortensen, Whoa. yes. Yes. Decent. Josh, how about you? Uh, yeah, this is a yes for me. Um, I wasn't sure how I felt about the like very beginning and the purple-pink cursive script. and um, I, But I do think this movie did a good job from front to end being stylized enough, but not up its own ass like the movie we did last week was um, <laughs> a- a- Enemy. Enemy, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, but I think... I think Ryan Gosling's performance is right up to par with what um, Jake Gyllenhaal's was in that movie. He does a really good job. So does Albert Brooks, which you guys have pointed out. Um, it's a solid yes. Cool, cool. Papster. Yep, this is also... Viggo Mortensen, solid. Rock hard, throbbing. Uh, a moment <laughs> from uh, ejaculation, yes, for me. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> I, I, that new level? I think this is a perfect movie. Uh, every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I just get so sucked in. I was just going to have it on while I was cleaning, like right before this podcast. And like every scene's like, oh, I love this part. Oh, I got to stay for this part. Now this part. And all of a sudden it's been like a hundred minutes has gone by and I've watched the whole movie. So maybe you just didn't want to clean your damn apartment. Though. It's pretty messy, <laughs> but I disagree totally on the pink and purple cursive. I love that shit. It reminds me of purple rain. Um, no, it won me over. It won me over. Uh, I, I don't know. I love everything about this movie. Hard. Yes. For me. Um, I haven't seen any of the director's other films though. So it's, it's kind of disappointing. That's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, or it sounds like it is from you guys, but, this is his shining light. All right, yes for me, though. Focus on the positive. Uh, this is a hell yes for me. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, actually, yes, this is one of my favorite movies to watch. I absolutely love this movie. I think Albert Brooks is probably the best actor in this movie. He's such a haunting villain. And he does a great job. And just, uh, Pat brought this up earlier, but the scouting of L.A. and how they went about kind of showcasing the whole city is awesome. And this is the movie that launched Ryan Gosling into superstardom. So crazy, awesome, hell yes from me. Is that yeses all around? I thought you and Pappy hated L.A. movies made in L.A. No, I hate movies about Hollywood. Stevie loves L.A. movies. Okay, okay. I do love L.A. movies and movies about Hollywood. I also love Ron Perlman, Two Movie movie Club, right? Ron Perlman, which other one do we do? Um, Ice Pirates. Ice Pirates? Yeah, Ice Pirates. Ice Pirates. There we go. Two Movie Club. Is this first? Ryan Gosling's first? We did Blade Runner 2049. No, 20, we did yeah. Blade Runner. I don't remember that yeah. podcast at all. Cool, cool. Which do you guys think he was better you... in, Ryan Gosling? Blade Runner 2049 Drive. Or Drive. 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 Mm. Basically, basically the same I, character, though. I think Doesn't he's a talk. little, I don't, I don't know, better 
Blade Runner 2049, he's asked to do more. Like, he has to interact with that cyborg chick, her thing. I don't know. Are y'all ready for trivia? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This game's called many things, but this week we're going to call it Tag Your It. I am going to read a tagline from Ryan Gosling's filmography. You have to name me the movie. Oh, boy. Now, we can either go by this way. First to answer, or I can just go one by one and ask you. Some of these are softball. Don't get upset. Whoever gets the most okay. right. There's eight, there's 18 total. How many total. of us are there? Three? Does that work? <laughs> yep. Yep, works out for How many of us are there? That's a relief. <laughs> uh, yeah. If I miss yep. it, does it? Does someone have a chance to steal? Ooh. Someone does have a chance oh, to steal. Oh, fuck. One, <laughs> one person or two? How does that work? For the next person in line after you, and then they would okay. get it right, and then they get to answer okay. the next question. And you question. don't want us to look at a list of Ryan Gosling movies, right? Correct. That's why I had you all close out. So IMDb. who am I behind? Am I behind Josh or Mikey? It's Pappy, okay, Mikey, good. Josh. Cool. I can steal from Josh. Number one. Thanks, bud. History is written by the winners. Um, I don't know. History is written by the so, winners. The notebook. <laughs> sounds like something you'd write in a notebook. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I think I might miss it. Wrong to Mikey. Is this Remember the Titans? It is Remember the Titans, Mikey. First on the board. steal. (laughs) God damn it. I'd be surprised if any of you got this one. Let the mind games begin. (laughs) This is to Mikey? Isn't that the Dark... Yeah, this is Mikey. Isn't that the Dark Knight Returns? Frick off. Let the games begin. This yeah. is mine? Yeah, this is yours. <laughs> Let the mind games begin. Let the mind games begin. That sounds kind of ominous. Um, I don't know. Is it a movie? No. Is it... <laughs> is it a movie? No. Nice Guys? It is not. Oh, Josh, you can oh, steal God. if you want. Is it Blade Runner 2049? It is not. Pappy? Uh, The Notebook? (laughs) (laughs) It is not. This is a movie called Murder by Numbers. Oh, I've never seen that. Never heard of that. Is it good? It's with Sandra Bullock. Have you seen it? It was okay. Nice. Okay, next we have Josh. (laughs) Behind every great love is a great story. The Notebook. It is The Notebook. I told him that. (laughs) (laughs) What? Pappy, your turn. Right. The search for true love begins outside the box. Oh, fuck. Uh, the search for true love. <laughs> and the notebook only has one tagline, right? <laughs> yeah. Blue Valentine? It is not. Mikey. I've never Ooh, seen that movie. Yes. I just know it. 
<laughs> that's a, it's an incredibly sad movie. I wouldn't recommend. Um, I don't know. Is it Half Nelson? It is not, Josh. Can you read, this would be a movie up your alley. Can you read me the quote again? The search for true love begins outside the box. Out of the box. Out of the box. I don't think he's in the movie The Box with Cameron Diaz, but I forget who stars with her in that. The search for true love begins outside <laughs> the box. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you say it louder doesn't mean no. But the, the box is not about clearer. true love. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll just say nice guys because I have no idea. Is that everybody? Yeah. yeah. This was Lars and the Real Girl. Ah, that's a crazy movie. Yes, it is. If you've ever seen it, I wanted to see that. Okay, Josh, you're up. Wait, that's a great tagline too. That I just went. Oh, you just okay? Yeah. So, Mikey. Yeah. If you look close enough, you'll find everyone has a weak spot. Half Nelson? It's not Half Nelson. Damn George? it. Uh, let's go with Nice Guys again. It's not Nice Guys. Happy. <laughs> As it turns out, we only know five <laughs> yeah. guys. Blue Valentine? <laughs> <laughs> Is that really your answer? Yes. No. Oh, God damn it. Was... Maybe the weak spot was love. I don't know. <laughs> this is a movie called Fracture. Okay. I have not heard of some of these movies. Nope. <laughs> nope, they're pretty obscure. It was only until Drive that all of his movies were like super recognizable. Yep. This is why That's we're doing we're this. <laughs> Josh, you're up. Yes. The perfect love story until it became the perfect crime. La La Land? <laughs> wow, you have not seen La La Land. <laughs> I have not. That's my real Happy? guess. The perfect love story before it became <laughs> perfect. I have no idea. I'm going to say Blue Valentine again. Oh, my God. Okay, you, you know what? No, no it's fine. Uh, it's Mikey. Fine. <laughs> uh... It's fine. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? No. This is a movie of Kirsten Dunn's called All Good Things. Came out in the late 2000s. All right, pitch me a softball, Stevie. I'm ready. Put it right here on the tee for me. <laughs> a love story. Fuck you. No. <laughs> That's it? Yep. <laughs> a love story. La La Land. Nope. God, Mikey. Blue Valley. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say nice, guys. It was going to be so funny. I'm so pissed. That's... <laughs> I told him Is that it one. <laughs> Is it Mikey's well, turn? Well, I'm not hosting next week. Yeah, I'm running away with this one. There are no clean getaways, Mikey. Drive? It is drive. Is that mathematically win it for him, or... No, there's many more. <laughs> Good. Okay, Josh. Dozens of listeners just clicked off. <laughs> no, no, no. There's only like six more. All right, Josh. Yes. No names, no badges, no mercy. Nice guys. Not nice guys. <laughs> oh, shit. Happy. That was going to be my guess. Um, 
<laughs> I don't know. What else was he in? <laughs> I can't. Uh, Mikey? Wait, I'm not done. La La Land. No. No. <laughs> no names, no badges. No mercy. No mercy. So, another movie with cops? Hmm. I don't know. Blade Runner? 2049? This was Gangster Squad. Oh, God, that movie's terrible. Yes, it is. Terrible movie. Is it George? Yep. This is a true story. (laughs) Of a La La Land. Nope. Happy. The place beyond the pines. Nope. Mikey. Uh, Nice guys. No, this was the big short. Oh, shit. He is in that. Pappy just dropping the ball left and right. Well. All right. Is this Pappy's turn? Yeah. We can always do Grease next week. Nice pair. <laughs> the nice guys. It is the Gosh, nice guys. dang it. Finally. Right, Make it take it, right? I have to go again. No. Mikey. Here's to the fools who dream. I hate this stupid game. Uh, crazy Stupid Love? It is not Crazy La La Land. Stupid Love. It is La La Land, George. Josh, have you seen La La Land? Oh, damn it. We already established in this pod that I did not. Oh. You'd like it. All right, Josh, you ready? You ready. One moment can change your life. Half Nelson? It is not Half Nelson. Pappy. Place what beyond is the Half pines? Nelson? <laughs> it is the place beyond oh, the pines. Shit, that's two. Am I still in this? You are still in this. This is getting real good. Mikey has three, right? Wait, is it yeah. Pappy's turn next? Who went first, Josh? I, I just went. Yeah. Yeah. Then yes. Oh, fuck me. The key to the future is finally unearthed. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> what? Sounds a lot like Time Bandits. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ryan Gosling in Ryan Gosling in. I I have I don't know I don't even have a guess. Oh, that would have been such a great turnaround for you. I know, Mikey. Uh. It doesn't sound like Blade Runner, but that's what I'll guess. It is Blade Runner 2049. Oh, no. It, that makes so much sense. I think that's, I think that's one, it. One, two, three, Why is Josh four, trying to end this game so badly? Four. Because I don't Abby like it when has, Stevie picks games that outs us all as not knowing much about movies. Nope, you don't. One, <laughs> two. It's bad for the pod. Hey, I still got a chance. Is it Mikey's turn? We have a tagline. It's a true story. That's not even a good tagline. <laughs> I don't feel bad about not knowing that. <laughs> No, it's not a great tagline at all. All right, Mikey, you ready? Yeah. Ambition seduces, power corrupts. Mm. Uh, Jeez, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. 
really don't know too many Gosling movies, I guess. Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, Half Nelson. It is not Half Nelson. One of these Nelson. has got to be Half Nelson. Josh. Damn it. Are any of these TV shows? No, they're not. All movies. Goosebumps. You can still guess it. It was a movie. <laughs> Gosh. Goosebumps the movie. Only God forgives. Nope, that one didn't have a tagline. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so pumped about remembering that. <laughs> Mikey? <laughs> he already guessed. He did? Yeah, I already guessed. Yeah. Everybody guessed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the Ides of March. Ooh, never going to watch that. Nope. Real boring. Who's up? Uh, Josh. Josh? Secrets don't let go. What did I say last time? Goosebumps? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe they did uh, like a Are You Afraid of the Dark TV movie. That's not so, that. Okay, okay. Well, that's my guess. Okay, Pappy. Okay. A half Nelson is a wrestling hold, so maybe it's half Nelson? It is half Nelson! <laughs> I wanted to stop guessing that. <laughs> I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> One, two, three. I have three. Four. One... Two, three pappies in this. I mean, I don't know anymore. So anyway, if someone can get this next one. I'll give you, I'll give you the game. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> what? I don't know if that makes much sense for Mikey, but okay. <laughs> for those who no, but for those who are playing at home, if you get this one, who are playing against, you win. All if right. you get it at home, we'll send you a T-shirt. You don't have to prove that you knew yeah, it before for Stevie real. says it. All right, Mikey. <laughs> Crime, confusion, compassion. They're all just a state of mind. What the fuck are these taglines? This is so weird. Uh, uh damn, yeah. I really don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I can't think of any yeah. other Gosling movie. Josh, you got an answer? Yeah, maybe they did a Mickey Mouse Club uh, to TV nope. movie. Okay. Pappy, you got an answer? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. This was a movie called The United States of Leland. Leland and Stitch. This is like right after Remember the Titans. Now I remember there's an alien, comes to Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. George, I mean, yeah, I mean. Leland and Stitch. I'd be stunned if you just threw the game right now. But this is crazy. This is stupid. This is love. Throw the game, Josh. Send it to overtime. Stir the pot. Stir the pot, Josh. Dude, I think it, I think we've guessed all the ones I knew and didn't know. Uh, I'll just say La La Land again. Maybe that. Oh my can god! Say, is there's tagline two taglines again, Stevie, for me. It's Crazy, in the tagline. I know. I'll say this tagline again. Just prove my point. Crazy, stupid love. This is crazy. This is stupid. This is love. Crazy well, stupid love. da. Is that not half Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> the nice guys. Blue Valentine. <laughs> Goosebumps. <laughs> La La Land. So is it tied? Did I just tie it? Yeah, you just tied it. That doesn't even feel right. I did not Damn think you, in a million Gosling. years this would happen. Damn you. Let me get I an OT assumed... question. God damn it. It should probably be like a closest two type thing, Stevie. Yeah, with all three of us. Nope, you're out. 
No, you're done, though, <laughs> Josh. How did you know? This is crazy. This is stupid. This is this love. is stupid. This is. I love. gave up on this trivia it, ten questions ago. You changed the outcome notice. of the game. Josh was pretty upset when none of his guests. If I if I would have noticed it, Josh becomes a real poor sport when people realize he has inferior knowledge. Of Josh games. might be shoeless Joeing this again to somehow throw the game. <laughs> To wear to wear me Why? and Mikey out, so that way there's gonna be more room for the Long Brothers on the next episode. <laughs> oh God! It's the Long Con. Exactly the Long. I should I should have had that last one, Stevie. I'm so sorry. I did it. You're the worst. Stevie was even like, I don't think this will matter. <laughs> oh, it matters. I... Yeah, it mattered. Apparently, tons. Let's just should we just do Spoiler Man now, and then we'll come back. No, for... okay, I got it. Okay. I got it, I got it. Not editing anything. Y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah. What was the worldwide gross of the movie that made Ryan Gosling super famous? Which movie is The Notebook? Yeah, I'll go. Um, I think the... Truck off, Josh. Worldwide gross of The Notebook. (laughs) Pappy, go. Uh, shit. Um, a hundred million dollars. Happy gives me 100. Mikey? Worldwide, you said? Worldwide gross. Mm, More or less. 175. With the comeback of spoilers history, Happy. Oh, only God can judge me. Motherfuck. 115,603,229 on a budget of $30 million. Pappy, you are the victor. I wonder what Gosling's top grossing movies are. We'll... Ooh, that's a right. So let's toss it to Spoiler Man real quick. It's lit. And we're back. Um, Pappy, what movie do you have for us this upcoming week? We're, I, I tossed around a couple different ideas, but we're actually going to go with uh, take this podcast back to its roots. Take my picks back to their roots. 80s fantasy. Let's go Labyrinth by Jim Henson. With David Bowie? Mm-hmm. And his bulge. Nice. Oh, the movie that almost ruined my childhood. Cannot wait bulge? to spoil that. Dude, Man, he had a baseball in there. It he up. had a straight Cod baseball. It up. Anyway, thank you it's for listening. Thing. And uh, this was Spoilers. Pussy mobile motherfucker. You don't get it?